Welcome to The Conversation. This is Christy. And hi, I'm Gretchen, and this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode three, where we will be continuing the conversation about personal boundaries with our first guest, Katie. I'm very excited to have Katie joining us all the way from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh and having two of my best friends in the very same room. It's very exciting. It is. We've never met, though. So we're best friends with Christy, but neither one of us know each other (laughs) at all. And I would like to just take a quick moment, welcome Katie. Thank you. (laughs) To talk um, about how we know each other. So we met at IUP. Um, in Which the is dorms. what? Because for people oh, that right. don't know. <laughs> Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Back in 98, yeah. I'm thinking, yes, yeah. the fall of 98, um, we were actually in the same dorm. And I'll let Katie um, let you all know um, just how popular I was, which is how she came to know. We had um, our phone would ring off the hook. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was the very first weekend. Then Christy and her roommate weren't there. And her phone just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. Oh my god! To which we found out on Monday when they came back. I just thought they were so popular. Apparently, their seven-digit number was one digit off from the co-op store, which is why they were getting all of those phone calls. So I introduced oh, myself. Like your um, phone is really loud. It rings really loud. We can hear it in our dorm room. And yeah, so we actually got to the point where we would just answer as the co-op. It Are was, you it, serious? Yes. Oh, that's so, it so just funny. Became, you know, a thing. So I was roommates with um, a girl, Amy, that I went to high school with. And um, Katie had a roommate. And it's so interesting that we're talking about boundaries because this girl had none. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, Jen. <laughs> Hopefully you're in a better place now. <laughs> totally. Because I think um, Amy, she left after our first semester and Amy wasn't even moved out and Katie was moved into my room. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So what was it about the roommate that, like, talk, what were the boundary issues there? Um, I'm not sure she was really ready for college. <laughs> she kind of just partied a lot. And at that time, back in the day, um, she just partied a lot. We had smoking rooms, so there was, like, she smoked oh, in the room and, oh. like, there was dirty ashtrays upside down, like, under her bed we would find. Like, she wasn't a very clean person. And she would ask Katie was, for money constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you spot me? Um, was the was the favorite Was the line. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Can you spot me? But somebody? never giving money back. No, 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 yeah, no of course no, not. No, no, no. Right. So, um, Katie completely invaded my boundaries in an exciting way. I was totally fine with it. <laughs> She moved in um, after that first semester, and then we lived together for five years after that. Wow. We, there were times where we had other um, roommates, which was interesting as well, but um, it was the two of us always, so yeah. wouldn't change it. You can move back in with me anytime you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be pretty exciting now, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and when you go through different phases in life with the same person, it's great because they knew the person that you were before, the person like that you want to become, so I feel like it's important to have different friendships over the lifespan. Well, that's cool, too, to have friends like you guys that have been friends for so long because you get to see each other through those different phases in life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I knew you when you were really messed up (laughs) and you did all that stupid stuff. And you're like, I know. But they can also be like, but you're not like that anymore. And that's so amazing. Look how you grow. Right, right. So speaking of college, I go back to thinking about group projects that we had. And I hated, ah, loathed group projects because... Right? You get stuck with like three to five people and inevitably nobody's going to do shit. Well, everyone so, has different personality types and everyone uh-huh. has different work styles yeah. and boundaries, right? right? And I, I believe that 
as the helping professions, we are the ones to kind of delegate responsibility. And then if people don't pick up that responsibility, even we're the ones that pick up the slack. And I would get so angry and resentful because we're all right working for the same grade, but it's not fair. Those levels of right. Work. Why, why do I feel, or why am I actually doing more work than anybody else in the group or a small number of us are doing more and the others are just riding the coattails of our right, successes. Right, right. You know, and that doesn't feel good when that happens. Mm-hmm. So Katie, tell me, what is it that you do for a living? So I'm a nurse. I work in utilization management now. What I is that? Started, um, so I started at the bedside nursing and that burnt me out. Um, I got burnt out after about seven years. Um, and then I went into utilization management, which is... Basically, we're looking at inpatient stays. I work for inpatients. So we're when a patient's admitted to the hospital, we want to know if they're appropriate for inpatient level of care, observation level gotcha. of care. Mm. So if they're coming in with chest pain, is it just something that we can observe and rule out mm. an actual heart attack? Or is this something that, yeah, you are infarcting and we need to admit right. you and it's cath you and fix your heart? Do it. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just um, say what's appropriate for what level of care. And um, I do love it. I work for an insurance company. I've been there about five years now. But I do still struggle with boundaries in the workplace and working with my management and others. It, it is a difficult and daily struggle mm-hmm. yeah. for me. Now, being at the bedside of patients, how do nurses, in your experience, um, how do boundaries affect them? Do you feel like they have loose boundaries? Do you feel like they have strict boundaries? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it I, might I, vary I think person it, to person. It definitely varies. And it, it even varies on, I think, the department that you're working on. Like sure. some different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I think ER nurses have it a little easier. Not, I shouldn't. Oh, they'll all kill me for even saying that. I I didn't mean it by easier. I meant... It's a breeze. Yeah, yeah, it's a breeze. Yeah, they come in dead and we revive them. It's just that's how it happens. Um, No, but I'm just saying they're more short-term with the... um, Right, right. It's easier because it's very structured in what they have to do. We treat and then we we scoot Mm -hmm. them off and we send them to ICU or we send them to the OR or Mm -hmm. we send them to the the telemetry unit or It's all triaging. Right, right. It's triaging and getting them where they need to be. Um, Whereas I, I worked telemetry and I would actually treat um, them once they were admitted into the hospital and there you kind of get to know people I started in oncology and that was kind of hard because in the hospital part of it you Mm -hmm. only saw the bad and so I would speak to the specific oncologist and I'm like how can you work this kind of line of business Mm -hmm. and they said well here it's difficult for you guys because you just see the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my office, I see people getting better. Yeah, they're getting the chemo and then they're getting better and then they go in remission and they're better. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 hard. It depends on I think where you work and which department and which sure. Um, well, and the needs of the patient, like how needy is that patient and what are they expecting from you? I would imagine, like in our work as yeah. therapists, it you know, is specific to the client too. But I remember in college, you wanted to work in geriatrics. Do you remember? Yes. That? Yes. And I, I know. I still want to do that. Um, <laughs> I still, I know. I, I think about wanting to go back to that. Um, I did home care for a little bit and that was um, difficult with the boundary settings because when mm. you're going into people's homes, oh, they yes. don't know how to <laughs> set, like you're part, you're part of them and they're just like, oh, let's give it. Oh, it's my it's gosh. really hard to keep yourself professional. Sure. And, no, I had a lot of... <laughs> Oh, showing up to people's houses that necessarily didn't even necessarily want you there. Like maybe CYF decided, oh, you need this in-home service and, you know, you're driving into neighborhoods you might not otherwise want to be driving through yeah. in order to go um, take care of people within their house. It's different. Sure. Well, and again, I think it just goes to show, again, that range and that like spectrum of boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. That like there were families that I know probably with your experience, Katie, in senior care, at-home care, is that like they were like, 
eat dinner with us. We made you food. Would you like a drawer to keep your stuff in? Do you need to, you know, like yeah. whatever you need. Are mm-hmm. you, do you need to bring your children with you? Like right. to the point where I was like, please stop. Oh my yeah. God. Like you're yeah. making me uncomfortable right. with how much you're trying to welcome me to like what Christy was talking about, where these families were like, I would sit in the corner and they would ignore me yeah. because they didn't want me there. Right. right and right, so right. how, it's a constant struggle with like, how are you adapting to those situations and dealing with people who have boundaries that are so strict that you can barely connect with them versus people who have no boundaries mm-hmm. and are like, do you want to be a part of me right. <laughs> and my family? Well, in healthcare to whether it's mental health or physical health is our systems are so broken that yeah. I feel like everybody's overworked. Like whether Absolutely. you're in the hospital, I have clients that are nurses and they are just coming in um, on shifts and essentially being handed off patients by, you know, other nurses who are yeah. exhausted, overwhelmed, overworked, and um, not being necessarily compensated for the amount of time they're spending. So that's where knowing your limits and saying, I can do this, I can't do this is important. But at the same time, we like to keep our jobs, right? Right. So well, if you have a manager that's putting expectations on you, like, have, do you have experience with that, Katie? I do. Um, so we have lots of expectations. Yeah, like expectations, like I can think of too, it's just like in terms of management, like your boss asks you something or is like, hey, Katie, can you do this? Do you want to say no to your boss? Right, right. You don't, right? right? Like you yeah, don't. Yeah, right. and, and that's also, I think, a societal thing that like mm-hmm. we feel like if someone is above you, yeah. right, then there is a hierarchy and we need to respect that hierarchy. And that interferes with our own personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Do you have... Experience yes, in yes, that? yes, absolutely. And you want to stay on target because you know you have your own goals to do. Yeah, absolutely. they're asking you to do stuff, and then, and sometimes I do. I am resentful because I know she can do that task, mm-hmm. but she's still asking me to do it. And I'm like, well, why can't you just do it? And we can all get our stuff done, you know. And then mm-hmm. I get, I do get resentful. Well, and that goes back to what we were talking about in our last podcast when we were talking about our personal rights, right? That like Christy and I had gone over and talked about that. We all have the right to ask for what we want, right? So your boss has the right to say, hey, Katie, can you do this? Right. But Katie has the right to say no right. and not feel guilty. Right. And that's what's hard is, is that when someone is asking us, hey, will you do this for us? And we're like, yeah, I yeah. really don't want to. <laughs> but like, I feel bad saying no because maybe you're looking at me like, please, please yeah, do yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately, boundaries are really hard. Mm-hmm. They're necessary, but they're so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to be a people pleaser. Yes, <laughs> yes it's certainly And to is. just take on and take on and take on. Or set yourself up to be like, don't ever ask Katie for anything because she says no to everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? So it's hard to be in that middle ground where sometimes you say yes and sometimes you say no. And it's situational and bringing yourself into that moment and getting in touch with your feelings and saying, how do I feel about this? Yeah. Not like logically what my brain is telling me I should do or people want me to do, but really saying this, I'm okay with doing this and I can own that or I'm not okay with doing this. And if that other person's angry, they sort of need to get over it. I think in work, it's difficult because you're being paid yeah. and <laughs> your boss is your boss, whether or not they're competent in that regard. Um, but then we have this in our personal lives too. Um, clients and Katie, I, you might be able to speak to this too. Ha- when you have children and when you have aging parents, you're in a really difficult in-between stage. Like yeah. I have my parents who need this from me, my children who need this from me, my boss who needs this from me. And where the hell do I get to, to yeah, say Yeah, where do I, I fit in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that is definitely um, happening right now. I have um, my parents are elderly; they're seventy-one each, and mm-hmm. I have um, my mom has end-stage COPD, and my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's um, wow. two years ago. And so it is hard, and they're declining, and it, it's hard to. I have two sisters, which help out, so yeah. um, that that is helpful. Not everybody has siblings that can help, um, but it's hard. We don't live very close, and I have two young children, as Christy just said. I have a uh, one and a half year old and a six year old, so keeping them, you know, and my marriage uh, and that all up, and then the job, and then my parents too. It, what are you it's, saying? It's, it's hard. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's a, it's a lot it's to a juggle, act. And, right. and something you know, I saw recently um, on. Facebook there was a, a video I was watching some woman and she was saying you know you can't you can't juggle everything and plates are going to drop and they're mm. going to break mm-hmm. and you know it, it just just let them drop and yeah. that's exactly kind of what I had to do you know a couple weeks ago I was having a really hard time at work and and it was noticeable by others and um, you know I, I did get called out on it like yeah. you, you seem like you're really aggravated and agitated a lot and the reason I, I'm just I was just tired of it all and I again I had Say, to be reminded thank you for asking yeah 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 exactly <laughs> I could use some help right yeah. right and that was me realizing that I need to stop mm-hmm. I need to ask for help and I need to set boundaries yeah. and say you know I can only take on this much work and Absolutely. stop saying yes mm-hmm. to everything that's given to me mm-hmm. yeah just say no I think that you are in an interesting um you're in an interesting relationship as well because we are best friends and I'm a therapist and I just wanted to bring up too that Katie has never put me in a position where some people do like oh my gosh you're a therapist I need your expert opinion or I want you to be in a role that's not you know as a friend so how do you balance that Katie like is it I'm, I've never asked you that before because like <laughs> you've never put me in the position of being in a therapist role, but I love to listen to what's going on in your life and support you how I can. Yeah, I think it's more because I, I have an understanding and I know, you know, life's about friendship and mm-hmm. even friendship isn't about just always listening to the other person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and like Gretchen said earlier, like I knew you back in college and now to see what you're doing now, it's just so overwhelmingly wonderful. I can't even express how proud I am of you, really. Um, I love you like a sister Aww, and I really do. Um, I'm very proud of everything that you've done and uh, it's just great. I, I know you are my best friend and so... I know not to kind of cross that boundary. Now, I do see a therapist, and mm-hmm. I see a therapist every two weeks. Um, it is helpful. I feel like I pay, you know, that person yeah. to listen to my yes. problems, <laughs> so he has to kind of deal. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, you need to And it talk removes to him from your personal life. Yes. I'm in your exactly. personal life. Like right. you said, you knew me when uh, before I was a teacher. I didn't know I was going to be a therapist. I didn't know that. So we had this, you know, bond far before either one of us became like who we are today. Right, 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 right. And so I know, you know, I can talk to certain people about certain things and I know I can't, you know, talk about other things. I speak, you know, my husband and I are obviously very close and we're best friends and I share mm-hmm. everything with him. Um, but I don't want to put a burden on him either. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear about my bad day every day either. Yeah, right. It's not fair to him. So that's why I pay my poor therapist to have to listen to it. But <laughs> <laughs> he love that job. And when we're in that role... I always tell people when I'm sitting in my therapy chair, I have a different mindset. You know, if I'm sitting at home on the phone with you, that's totally different than sitting in my office, you know, focusing on what that person is looking to, you know, get from me. Yeah. Well, I think you made a really great point, Katie, about like when you were saying that your husband or like Mm -hmm. Christy or friends or things like that, they don't always want to hear what you have to say or maybe you feel bad about Mm -hmm. it. Right. And sometimes those I think are those unknown 
you're already taking care of them without mm-hmm. even asking, right? And those are the, we don't even realize that we're doing that. So we're yeah. thinking like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Right. I'm just going to tell my therapist. Do, tell your therapist. It is a good thing. But it's also okay to ask people like, hey, can I tell you this? Is this too much? Right? You get to ask, again, ask for what you want. And then we can trust those other people in our lives mm-hmm. to say, yeah, yeah, right. Um, Maybe there is something you're going through, and you call Christy as a friend, not because yeah. she's a therapist, but because she's your friend, and say, "I'm just like going through something that I really need to talk to you about." And she's like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" That's her yes. giving you permission, right, 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 and wanting to build that connection as you know our friendship develops in in that respect. Because hold, withholding, we talked about this in the first podcast of saying oh, maybe that person won't understand, they won't care, I feel shame. That's yes. not letting you let the other person give you, maybe they went through the same thing. Yeah. So they want permission or um, validation of their own feelings. Well, I often tell people too that like, you're constantly teaching other people how to interact with you. So if you never share with someone because you're worried that you're going to be burdensome or even you're worried that you might be judged, right? Lots, whatever the fear may be. But it's something that you want, right? I want to share with them, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And then you're wondering why you have a superficial relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Like with somebody else. I think we've all been in those relationships where either for whatever reason we've chosen not to share or maybe we've tried to share and the other person's been like, "Mm, that's nice. Yeah. And like, that's it. Um, That we're teaching people like, oh, well, they don't want to share. Okay, well, then I'm going to pull back, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not going to do as much work. So if you're looking to have those kinds of close relationships with people we have to take risks sometimes Mm -hmm. and allow people like you said allow one of those plates to drop maybe there is a time that I put too much on one of my friends and they're like good god Gretchen (laughs) enough I can't take it anymore and like one of those plates goes crashing and it doesn't feel good but again really important valuable information to kind of learn moving forward I'm so sorry now I know your limit and also why didn't you say anything earlier Mm -hmm. if this was too much right? right so then we get to kind of repair what we got wrong the first time Yeah. So going back to your experience with therapy, Katie, what is the difference again? What you get from your therapist versus what you get from, say, your husband or your friends? Uh, He honestly reminds me to look. I I always put myself last Mm. in everything I do. Mm -hmm. And and he, you know, reminds me that I need to put myself first. And that's just as important. And the fact that even if I'm really fed up with work and, you know, I say, uh, you know, I don't, I don't give a crap anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like, you still need to give a crap about yourself and you still right. need to take mm-hmm. care of yourself to be able to take care of others. Mm-hmm. It's just very hard. It's it, for me, I find that it's a daily reminder and mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I find myself, um, driving home, um, from the office sometimes and I'm constantly replaying things that went on during the day and it's not healthy. I know what could I have said differently? What could I have done differently? If I had said no, could I have done this different? It's nonstop. And I have Mm. to kind of bring myself to just stop. Like, don't think about this anymore. Let's start thinking about this. Like trying to compartmentalize. Well, and what does work for you to do that? Because that's a good internal boundary that you're setting with yourself. Like Mm -hmm. recognizing, I am not thinking in a way that's helping me. So I want to do something different. Yeah. Do you worry that other people might be angry with you after the fact? Or do you worry about that? Like you said, your therapist tells you to take care of yourself, that you're not standing up for yourself in those situations. Uh, I think both. Uh, it, it depends. The situations vary, but I, mm-hmm. I think... N- having it be your job to make you happy. Right. You know, and that's that's an ownership piece, I think, that a lot of people don't consider. We yeah. don't even think of that as a boundary. Right, right. It is. It's, it's, it's putting time out 
taking time out mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult. It's hard to do, especially what when you have you, two young kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you need to remind yourself to do? What is good for you? Taking everybody else out of it, your husband, your right. kids, your work. Like, what is it for you? Um, I honestly, I, I it's keeping um, up with my therapy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, going and that's, it's my treat kind of to myself. Yeah. And I give myself an hour every two weeks to go. And mm-hmm. focus on myself. Yeah. And um, that is my treat to myself. And I know I'm a better person for it because I'm I'm more relaxed. I can, yeah. um, you know, treat others better when I'm feeling better. Um, when you have a person objectively hearing what you're saying and honestly on your side 100%, I think that that's a relationship you don't have to consider. Because yeah. for th- for people coming into therapy, I say, I might not be the best therapist for you, you know? Yeah. And actually, once I had one person say, you know what? You're a little too optimistic. <laughs> and I was like, well, if you want a pessimistic therapist, best of luck to you. But um, these are relationships that are important. You have to take time to choose a therapist that's right for you because maybe somebody might remind you of somebody. Um, they might be triggering something in you. And it's fine to say, hey, I think you're a great person, you know, but you're just not the right fit for me because it's important to get what you need Absolutely. from that relationship. It's a relationship you can be selfish with. I mean, you don't know your therapist Especially anything. if you're like, quote unquote, paying for it. Yeah. Right? right. I mean, right. literally that is their job is to be able to be there and to meet the goals that you want and that you set for yourself. Right. And to constantly be discussing that relationship because whatever's showing up in your therapy office is what you're dealing with in other relationships. And... I don't know that people always feel comfortable telling their therapist, hey, I liked when you said this, or I didn't like when you did that, yeah. or I don't agree with that. It's okay to disagree with your therapist and say, oh, guess what? You you got that wrong. You know, sometimes we're not on the mark for everybody. Mm-hmm. So communicating in there is the perfect, if you're in therapy, the perfect place to practice your boundaries and say, hey, I need this. And then you can step back and say, are they going to respond in a helpful way? Right. Is that okay? Constantly giving Mm -hmm. yourself permission to experiment with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about too, again, so much about internal boundaries, which is so important. Because I think a lot of times when people say like, I need to set a boundary, we think of it as an external. Mm -hmm. We think about it as something that is between you and another person. And so you talking about how you recognize when you need to set an internal boundary is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as Christy and I were talking about in the last podcast about the different rights that we have, you know, we have the right to feel good about ourselves. And if we are overthinking, if we're not taking good care of ourselves, that gets in the way. And that's when we aren't taking um, the time to stop and really get in tune with ourselves to know what do we need, right? What are those internal boundaries that maybe we need to set? Self-care in the regards of, is it something physical I need to do to help myself? Something emotional I need to do to help myself? Something um, relational that Mm -hmm. is going on with other people? What do I need to do in order to be my best self at any given time? Because if you're depleted, you're not going to be able to add to somebody else's life. And I do think it's hard for the average person to stop what they're doing and to actually think, how do I feel right now? Mm -hmm. Because when I think of my daily life, like I wake up, I get the kids going, I get the kids off to school, I get my husband goes off, he drops the kids off, then I start work. And as soon as work starts, the emails. You're Mm -hmm. in email jail for a while and you're answering emails for forever Mm -hmm. and then you start your job and then you go to the next test, the next test, the next test. I will look up at my computer and see it's one o'clock. I had not 
got up from my chair to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like I'm just not I'm just da 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 just mm-hmm. working, working, working. And then I'm like, okay, I need to stop and I need to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are times where I don't and I pay the price. Yeah. And I'm snippy with emails when people are asking me stuff. I snip back at them and say, da, da, da. you know, just yeah. do this or do that. Yeah. Why? Because I didn't feed myself or yeah. use the right. It's basic principles that I should be doing yeah. for myself that I'm not. But things that we often ignore because like you said, we don't take the time to stop and ask ourselves for that information. Sure. What do I need right now? Because the world is constantly go, go, go. And it is Especially not. Especially employers. They will yes. take whatever. I mean, I know people and myself checking emails late at night, responding to things, trying to get ahead. Well, trying to get ahead, we're never going to be ahead. And sure. so if we're constantly go, 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 what comes next, uh, you're going to be exhausted and depleted at the end of the day and not even able to do something that you might enjoy, whether right. it's watching a TV show or yeah. you know taking some time to read a book. Like You're just so exhausted, you can't even keep your eyes open. Right, right. Yep, that's totally it. One of the things, too, that I, I try to do for myself and I encourage a lot of the people that I work with to do is sometimes even if you have to like set a timer on your phone. Yes. Even just so, you know, at 10, at noon, at 2, and at 4, right? Because if we have like whatever your work day is, if it's like right. a 9 to 5, mm-hmm. right? Like literally you have a timer go off or an alarm go off that the sole purpose of that is to stop Check whatever it. you're doing and be like, do I need to go to the bathroom? Do I need some water? Do I need a break? Am I feeling anxious, right? What is going on in my body? Do I need to attend to anything? And if I don't, cool. But if I do, can I take two minutes, three minutes to do something? Mm-hmm. That's really funny that you say that because this past my past um, appointment with my therapist, we just um, he helped me come up with 15 extra minutes of my day that Perfect. I really didn't know that I had. And it's at every day when I finish my day at 5 o'clock, from 5 to 5.15, before I leave to get the kids, yeah. I'm going to take those 15 minutes to be quiet. And my husband usually comes in when he, we try to catch up at that time. Hey, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm going, and I still haven't, this was this was Friday, right before I came to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so we haven't even had this conversation with my husband yet, but I need to have the conversation and say, we're not going to get to catch up on our day during that time. We'll right. catch up when we get the kids to bed during that time. And he, I know he's going to be fine because he's one of the best supportive husbands ever. <laughs> but And he'll, he will. He really is. Um, but I will be able to take those 15 minutes and be quiet with myself yeah. and just end my day, complete my thoughts yeah. for the work day, end my work day, yes. and then get Move into on. the, get into the good, happy place mm-hmm. to be able to pick my kids up and be ready for all of their questions yeah. because they always come with it. You know? But that's it. That's it. That's a perfect example of a boundary. Like you were recognizing that by not setting that boundary, by not taking time for yourself, it was weighing on you. It was causing you stress. It was causing you to be upset and agitated. And you were able to then, with your therapist, come up with a plan that you can enact, Mm -hmm. right? And even if you didn't have a husband that maybe would be initially super supportive, it's still important to say that, right? So Mm -hmm. it's still important to say, I'm actually going to need these 15 minutes. And you know what? If he gets a little bit like, really? But I really enjoyed the time that we had talking and catching up. It's like, I know, but I really need this for myself. And I need to put myself first in this situation. Right. And it's to help me be better prepared for when I pick up my kids yeah. because that's when I'm, you know, I'm going from being agitated from work to then picking up my son who is six years old and wants yeah. to ask questions yeah. like any six-year-old. Hey, mommy, why is the da-da-da? And I'm like, I don't know why the clouds yeah. are moving. <laughs> I don't know why the clouds are moving that way. I don't care either, yeah. but they are. Just, they're just moving that way. I don't know, you know. I love that he gave you that 15 minutes because really we all – it's this idea of bartering our time. Yeah. Where are you wasting like a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, like fragmenting your attention by 
checking Facebook while you're in line at the store rather than getting your thoughts in order. So for me, again, I love yoga. And it just really helps get me balanced into um, a calm state. But yoga doesn't have to be I go to a class for an hour. Oh, yeah. Learning mindfulness techniques, learning meditation. You can stop, again, timers on your watch, and for two minutes just focus on deep breathing or focus on letting those thoughts go because, um, again, the fight or flight kicks Mm -hmm. in and then you're totally lost in thought you go down the rabbit hole so if you can bring yourself back take a few breaths and that even helps your focus at work to say this is important this is not important i'm not letting myself get overwhelmed well and if you can associate those tools and skills that christy was talking about with something that you are already doing or that you encounter in your daily life so i tell people how many times do you sit at a red light in a day Mm -hmm. multiple times if every time you're at a red light you do deep breathing for as long as the red light is, you're going to be benefiting yourself from that. Drops in the bucket. Yes. Everything adds up to every drop makes us feel a little bit better. Right. Well, because it works in the reverse as well. Drops in the bucket of that car pulled in front of me, jag off, and then this person, (laughs) asshole, and then this happened, and then my boss, and then my kid wanted me to talk about the clouds. And you're like... I can't do this anymore. So drops in the bucket add up to incredible amounts of stress, just as the way drops in the bucket add up to feeling more balanced and centered in your life. So this idea of drops in the bucket and taking the time for ourselves, I am so honored that Katie came on and agreed to be our very first guest. Yes, thank you. Drops in the bucket for me also um, are my relationships, and my relationships with my girlfriends are... Very high at the top so of my important. priority list. I think that we've seen each other through a lot of changes, ups and downs. You know, there are the good things that happen in our lives, and then there are the not-so-good things. And you have just always been somebody that's there for me, and I re- really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. We really appreciate it. So thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen. And Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, please go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com, or you can follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking to a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.